Hi, this is Afemo Omilami, and you're listening to the FSF Popcast. The show where we argue on how or why a xenomorph should wear a hat. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Redshirt Crewman number 125. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins Forrest and Bubba in the army in their quest to keep their beds made and to stand up straight, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope, because the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of his shoe polish. All right, guys, our guest today is a longtime actor who has been in some of the biggest movies in cinematic history. Uh, you've seen him in Forrest Gump, The Hunger Games, uh, Terminator Genesis, Remember the Titans. And honestly, he has a very impressive IMDb resume, and that list continues with so many more amazing titles. We are very happy and very proud to welcome Afemo Omalami to the FSF podcast. Welcome to the show, Afemo. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and for only slightly butchering your name. <laughs> I paused on the second and the last name to make sure that I was I was landing the plane. I felt confident about the first name. The, se- the last name, I had to land the plane. So I had to like stop and really process that. I can do this. <laughs> Look, I can do it. Fun. Uh, we're having fun already. That's what you're doing. Let's go. Right. There we go. The fun might be at the expense of our friends, but ta-da! That's what ta-da, we here, here we are nonetheless. <laughs> All right, Afemo, uh, I must say I was impressed by your list of credits I found on IMDb. Uh, we're excited, though, to talk to you about your latest credit, uh, a movie called Freedom's Path. Now, uh, and that looks like it was just released about a week ago uh, in, in select cities. Now, if you would, please, could you kind of walk us through this movie? Tell us what you can about the movie, your character, and how you got involved uh, with such what looks to be uh, such an amazing project. Well, uh, I think... It's a movie about a friendship between two young people during the Civil War when most of us probably think the Civil War, you know, bloody, uh, brother fighting against brother, fighting for freedom for the slaves. Um, Yes, it it is that, but it goes deeper. And the part that I'm called to play has to do with a Harriet Tubman type situation where I'm trying to usher people to freedom at great risk, but with the help of uh, what we call, I love it how they say in the movement, the good white people uh, play their part in all of this (laughs) because there wouldn't have been a movement back in that day, as well as in the civil rights movement, if the good white people didn't play a critical part, as you know, in in the underground movement, they were necessary and many of them risked their lives and got killed and uh, maimed and hurt. So it's showing what people who have freedom on their minds can do when they come together to help one another. And to me, that is the essence of freedom's path is finding our way out of the lie together and being freed up from the lie together. That's the path called freedom's path. And the gentleman I play is called free man, Ellis free man. So Brett came to me and say, you know, would you be interested? I said, look, I don't want to play any more slaves, any more guys getting beat and hung and whipped. I've played enough of that. He said, no, this is different. This guy is free, and he willingly puts his life on the line to usher other people to freedom. I said, that's the guy I want to play right there. So that's how he pulled me in, because he he knew I I, I had enough of the other stuff. But this is a story most people don't know. There were a lot of free black people in the South while the Civil War was going on. They chose to stay there and try to create a a life for themselves. And out of that, you had people who did what Harriet Tubman did, usher Mm -hmm. people to freedom 
every chance they got. And of course, they were wanted, they were hunted. It was just relentless, the war going on against them. And all the while, they're hoping that the Civil War would bring freedom to them. But, you know, as we know, that didn't actually work out the way they thought. But nonetheless, they stayed true to trying to help uh, people, you know, find a way to a better life. That's that's the essence of it. Okay. Yeah, it, it looks to be, I'm I've always fascinated by Civil War era history. And I'm fascinated by those who did what you talked about in this movie, who put themselves on the line for many times for people they didn't know, people that they had no association with, but they just knew what was morally right, the the, the right thing to do. And so they were doing it. And uh, so I'm, I'm always kind of fascinated by that era and the people who did things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I haven't had an opportunity to see the movie yet, but I'm very excited to sit down and have a chance to see it. Matter of fact, tomorrow afternoon, we're sitting down with the, uh, with Brett, the director, Brett Smith and, and talking with him, uh, as well about this movie and, and a few other things. So, um, but yeah, it, it looks to be an amazing project. I, I watched the trailer and, and read up a little bit on it this afternoon. And look, you're going to find out that Brett Smith is a very determined a person who, who uh, knows persistence is the key because this has been his baby for several years yeah. to finally bring it to this point. That tells you a lot about who, who this man is, his mm -hmm. character, mm -hmm. his determination to tell this story. And he didn't sell out when others tried to get him to compromise. He said, no, I want it presented this way. And he stuck to his guns. And I I have even more respect for him now than ever because this business can be ruthless and brutal. Sure. Mm -hmm. But he didn't let any of that deter him from telling a story that he had to tell. And he, the way he shot it, so beautiful on the budget he had, you would think this guy was uh, <laughs> had a, a lot of money because he shot it so beautifully that... That's just a labor of love from a person who loves what he's doing. I don't know how he pulled that rabbit out the hat, but he did. <laughs> and when you see the movie, you will see, oh, wow, they did this on an independent budget? How yeah. did he do that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. So well done. I was noticing that even with the trailer, I was watching, like I said, it's out on YouTube right now, but I was watching that this afternoon. I noticed even with the cinematography, uh, in the trailer, I thought, wow, because I know this is an independent movie. And I thought, wow, this is a really good cinema, you know, because usually even in the trailers for most independent movies, you're like, yeah, that's an independent movie. This one might have been shot on an iPhone. And uh, <laughs> but that is not the case with this. This is a this is a very looks to be a very well done uh, movie. There's there's a handful of, of you know, uh good name uh, quality stars in this movie that that people will recognize and 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 enjoy their performances and and I tell you what there's a couple people in the in the trailer where where uh you know the um goodness I can't remember his name right now but uh he's yelling you know he's he's the bad white guy and uh he's just screaming in the in the, in the trailer and I was like oh boy I already don't like him all right let's <laughs> <laughs> So you I think gotta trailer... have that person. Oh Come yeah. On, what's the movie without that guy? You oh, know, yeah. you gotta, oh, yeah. somebody got to do it. Somebody has to. <laughs> we all hated him. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. We didn't, we didn't talk to him or deal with him at all until after, <laughs> the, film, until after the film was over. Then we showed some civility and some humanity. But other than that, we hated the guy. <laughs> oh, goodness. Fair, fair enough. So, Afemo, Tim mentioned that you've had quite the acting career, and that acting career has been part of many different well-known and loved franchises. I personally am like, hey, it's the mayor of District 11, because Hunger Games is one of my favorites. I loved the books. I loved the movies. But which of the fictional worlds that you've gotten to be a part of through your career do you think would be the most fun to go to for a vacation? 
It surely wouldn't be the Hunger Games. No. <laughs> no, Hannah would not be on the top of my list. <laughs> I can tell you that much. You couldn't find. You couldn't pay me to go up in the Hunger Games. <laughs> no, thank uh, you. What fictional world? You know, I have to admit, I, I like that world of Forrest Gump. You know, I, I, I like that world because it takes you through the decades, and it makes sense, the line of movement. And I could relate to that personally because it covers the scope of my life. Mm -hmm. So I could easily go back into that world where the, the fiction is uh, superimposed on the nonfiction. That works for me, definitely. And any story about grace it captures my heart because in in the real world, a guy like Forrest Gump would have been crushed, pushed, pushed down, kept in his place, told this is as far as you can go in life because of what they interpret as a disability. Mm -hmm. But on the spiritual side, life said, no, we're going to elevate him and give him a place that life determines, not what people in society. I love stories like that. Yeah. Because here's a guy that normally would be found on the bottom of life, not having the opportunity and success that we see he enjoys in the movie. Anytime that happens, I'm for that guy always because I'm for the little guy. I'm for the, the, the guy who would normally get that break. Yeah. Well, he represents that to me, and that's the kind of fictional world I, I, I would like to go and, and visit. I love that answer. I love that answer. And I I love the people who are for the little guy. The little guy needs the love. Absolutely. In today's world, <laughs> my Lord. Yeah. yeah, he needs us pushing for him. He needs us pulling for him, the underdog. <laughs> I'm, I'm the underdog type guy. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. And part of what makes this podcast happen is that those, those stories and the stories of, you know, like the little guy, you know, being able to get up and ahead and like even through various different sci-fis, you have a bunch of different people who, you know, achieve the greater goal. But basically, like you said, we love stories. And could you tell us a funny moment or something that had happened on set? Well, it wasn't too much fun when it happened. I was shooting the scene in Terminator. Mm -hmm. um, and the guy kept telling me, he said, look, put this in your ears because this is about to get crazy. So I said, uh, okay. And, uh, not knowing he had a uh, a huge uh, 50 caliber over my head about to shoot so i'm trying to do the scene and 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 the gunfire is about to blow my ears off of my head <laughs> and i'm trying to say i need i want more but give me some more stuff to nobody would hear me they just kept firing away so by the time the, sh the, the, sh the scene ended, I couldn't hear myself. I couldn't <laughs> hear what they say. I'm like, oh, man, you guys just messed me up. What is wrong with you guys? They somehow enjoyed it because they said, well, we tried to tell you, Mr. Omalami. I'm like, man, if y'all don't get away from me right now, I am going to terminate somebody up in here. So that was a, a horrible experience, but in, in hindsight, it was funny because they did try to tell me, and I had no idea what was about to happen. Those stunt guys and guys dealing with weapons, they, they're a whole nother culture of people. <laughs> right they play by their own rules and yeah. you know they may invite you in that world and may not you know and i learned a great lesson like um okay i got it now guys I get it. okay so yeah they had fun with that they had fun at my expense 
<laughs> but it was good. We got through it. Yeah, we've talked to several stunt people uh, over the course of this show. And each time they're talking about things that they're doing, you know, jumping off these buildings and rolling down these massive uh, hillsides and bumping into rocks and logs. And they're like, eh, I was a little hurt, but I was fine. It was fun. I'd do it again. And I'm like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah, they are a bit nuts. You know, uh, mm -hmm. some of the ones I've met. Yeah, I think that's part of it. That, that I think they have to be. That. Yeah, you, you got to yeah. be a little bit. And I so. shake my head. And I said, guys, man, y'all, mm, that's all I can say to them. But I'm glad. I'm glad they do what they do because uh, the product always comes out better when you see them fully committed the way they are. Mm -hmm. They inspire everybody, you know, then, you know, you got to give your performance. If this guy's risking life and limb to do this thing, mm -hmm. you got to bring it, yeah. you know? So that's yeah. how I, I honor those guys by trying to bring my best. Cause I see them risking it all. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's a great outlook on it. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm sure that in turn, they appreciate it as well. So. You know, they're giving their best. They see you giving your best. It ends up being, you know, it improves the whole quality of the product at the That's end. The way it has to be because, as you know, with the, the, the latest news, uh, when it goes wrong, it can go terribly wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot at stake um, doing what they do and the connection with the actors. We all have to watch each other, each other's back and respect what the craft is because it can mean the difference in as you as we all know in life and death absolutely absolutely all right uh Famo, let's let's switch gears just a little bit here one of the questions i love to ask our guests when they come in especially when somebody who's who's been in the business for uh, a while like yourself is i, I want to know because, mainly because well the three of us are we're self-admitted nerds. We like superheroes and we like, you know, sci-fi and we love hearing the origin stories of our heroes. And tonight you are the hero of that story. So we want to know your origin story. We want to know what got you into acting and what keeps you coming back. What was your inspiration for getting started here? My high school drama teacher started me on that path in the eighth grade in a little town called Petersburg, Virginia. <laughs> A city, okay. country city, you know what I mean? Where you mm -hmm. pass through it, a few lights. and, and But she uh, had been a professional, and she decided to come to a small town and give her best to a group of students who wouldn't have known left from right. And she inspired me, Mrs. Uh, Marie Manigo. She's still alive. And I got to go back and tell her one day, I owe you so much because had you not infused in me this, this, this zeal, this desire to explore, I said, I doubt if I would have followed this path. So I got to tell her that, and that meant so much to her and to me. Awesome. I needed to do that. And that's how it started for me in high school. And I just continued on into college. I was a political science major uh, at Morehouse College, right in Atlanta, Georgia, school of Dr. King and a lot of great people. And the, the drama department was in the uh, um, facility that belonged to the women's college across the street. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, this could be interesting then. So I started going in uh, at Spelman College, a famous college, yep. and uh, just doing it for fun. Because somebody said, hey, if you do theater, you know, you're going to have the girls. That's all they had to tell me. Like, oh, I said, okay, let me try this. And they were right. You know, uh, you, you were it. If you were over there in the drama department, you had no problem with the ladies. And I was like, man, why didn't they tell me this long ago? I didn't know this. <laughs> and that's how it got me in. And um, I became great friends. Uh, Sam Jackson and I, we went to school together. Okay. Uh, that's how we started, because he said, they told me that I could get the women here, too. I said, well, <laughs> let's find out, man. 
And we had That's great awesome. fun. You know, he is quite a character. Me and another actor named Bill Nunn and, and Sam's wife, Latanya Jackson Richardson. We became great friends. And uh, we got to do our first motion picture together while we were still in school, directed by uh, Michael Schultz, who's an editor, who most people know him as an editor now in Hollywood. Okay. But Michael Schultz gave us all our first break in motion pictures. 1971, a film starring Clifton Davis, who's a preacher now. And that's how we all got our first break uh, in the business. And we said, wait a minute. Somebody stopped us one day and said, you do know, you do know you can get paid to do this. We were saying, what? <laughs> Somebody would pay me to have this kind of fun? I said, come on, don't kid me. They said, no, really? That's how naive we were. We, we, I would have paid them to let me do it. Somebody stopped me one day and said, no, no, you can actually get paid for this. And I'm like, huh, the women, you get paid? I'm like, wait. <laughs> Oh, how this is, oh man, I was such a naive kid. Just <laughs> like at Christmas. I was a kid at Christmas. And it was all fun. Out and, the and window. Games, you know? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and um, that's how it all started for me. And I, I never stopped. Excellent. That part, that's I a that's knew. a great intro story. I love it. I love that. True, and it, is, yes. it is so it's true, true though. Yeah. It is so true. The theater boys get the girls. I definitely then they and then I learned how to use that. I come here. <laughs> oh man, they really love that. Oh yeah, I can imagine. I went Barry White on them. Man, I was that's over it. two. Nobody that's, told me. Nobody told me about the this. deal. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, nobody told me about that was the way to, to meet girls was was through the man, theater. Man, you missed out, bro. I'm sorry, man. You missed out. <laughs> and number two. I ain't got the deep voice. I can't do that. <laughs> if I do that, I walk in there like, you go, you okay? Do you, do you need some Vicks? You, a cough need, drop maybe? You need a lozenge? You sound like you have a scratchy throat. Here's some hot tea. <laughs> People still try to tell me, uh, do you need to go see the doctor? My wife keeps asking me that. I said, no. Sometimes, you know, it settles. I, I, I don't know what causes it. It, it happens. And then it will go away. And come back, and I'm like, I'm good with it, okay? Yeah. I'm fine. It happens. But that started me on the road, and I never, I never really looked back. That's excellent. So, what keeps you coming back, though? What makes, what is it about acting that makes you say, uh, you know, this is, this is why I got into it, but this is why I keep doing it. The ladies and the money, Tim. You know, <laughs> when I came up, there were very few images to relate to. And of course, I saw Sidney Poitier and I said, wow, I want to be like him. As I got older, I could appreciate, I said, I want to be like him. And Clarence Williams III from the Mod Squad, oh, we all wanted to be like him with the big afro, the okay. cool sunglasses, he's riding a motorcycle and he's sure. kicking butt. I'm like, sure. man, I said, I want to be between Sidney Poitier and this guy. I was inspired by them. And I like the idea that I could be almost every man. And I didn't realize that was a possibility for me as a young black kid. I, I, you mean I can be all these different people? I thought I just had to be this guy. And that really expanded my universe when I found out, wow, oh, I like this. I said, yes, yes, and yes. So. Uh, older in my career, I went to the famous Chinese theater. Okay. And I said, what do I want from this place? So I found Sidney Poitier's handprints. And I said, I want some of his essence of what he had. I'm one of these kind of guys. I told you that. I put my hand in his uh, handprint. And I said, okay, I want what you, some of what you got. Okay, come, come. After I did that, I looked over and there was Gregory Peck's handprint. And I always thought he was just really fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah. I want some of his too. 
So I put my handprints into Gregory Peck's. I said, I want some of your essence, some of your mojo, Gregory Peck. And I just felt I got some kind of touch from both of those great people because I wanted to be a blend of what they both brought. Mm -hmm. that's, that's how I think as a creative person, you know, mm -hmm. as a spiritual person, that, that that can be drawn up into what happens to you. And it looked like it energized my career from that point on. I can honestly say it looked like it took an upturn for me to be able to be more. <laughs> I know that may seem crazy, weird to some people, but That's to me, it worked. Right. Yeah. It worked. And I haven't shared that story with a lot of people, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I don't want folks to be saying, oh, man, wow, okay, he's, he's weird. He's tripping out. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. You know? yeah. And don't worry, and, it fits yeah. in over here. We're we're already weird. We trip out a little bit. It's okay. We're all good. So <laughs> that that was a turning point in the way for me that I needed. You know, whatever you got to do to get you out of that fog, out of that depression, out of that mm -hmm. being stuck place. Being stuck place is what I call mm -hmm. it. Okay. Break out of it, and that's what I needed. And I felt they those guys, whatever they still had in those. And Prince gave that to me. And uh, it pushed me on further. That's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I need to go to the Chinese theater. <laughs> I need some of that. I need some of that to get out of a stuck place. I'm going to go you know, find they, some Johnny Carson's Prince and put my They hands don't in even those. do that anymore, I think. I don't think they do the, the, the hands in the cement. I think, it's just, I think it's you just stars star. on the walkway now. Yeah, you get your star on the walkway, but they don't do that part. That was for the old school star. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. That's why I consider it as a powerful place. Because Understood. they actually put their, their, their juice, their energy, their essence. And as you know, energy, it lingers a very long time. Mm -hmm. You know, and boom. So, very cool. <laughs> That's really cool. I hope a lot of young people don't start, you know, well, let me rush over there. No, no. <laughs> it has to be something uh, organic that you didn't even plan. It's It just comes out of what that moment in your life tells you. Sure. Mm -hmm. That's that's how I can put it, you know? That actually that's makes good. a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense to me. I promise you're not crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because of how loving and caring of a person you seem to be, you you already showed that you are, and how you've stayed humble, that actually helps some of your other work that I wanted to talk about as well. Because in addition to your acting work, you work with your wife, Elizabeth, who's the CEO of Hosea Helps, which is an Atlanta-based food bank, which was started by your father-in-law over 50 years ago. Yes. So what can you tell our viewers and our listeners about what Hosea Helps does and how they can get involved in helping with its mission. The only reason I am somewhat sane today is because of serving with Hosea Feed the Hungry and Homeless, also known as Hosea Helps, because it balanced me off. Our business can have you tilted out of balance in that make-believe la-la world that you work in a lot. And if you don't have a foundation in what's really going on in people's lives, you, you, you're not going to be connected. So while I was building a career, my wife and I, who's a wonderful actress on her own, Elizabeth Omelami, we were serving the poor, the hungry, the downtrodden. Her dad had been one of Dr. King's right-hand men who was always out with the people. And he taught us that it's about the people serving them. So he be, he was not only my father-in-law, but my mentor, my teacher. And he showed me how to stay grounded and connected. So when he passed in 2000, Elizabeth and I became the leaders. Not that we set out that way, because I wanted to come out into Hollywood and build a, a real career. 
but they gave us a choice, you know, well, you guys have been doing this in the background all this time. You guys know more about how this works. Will you come and take hold of this? Whoa, we had to search ourselves out because we knew it was going to be a commitment that we couldn't just play around with. Mm -hmm. So we decided then and there we were going to do that. And that was in 2000. And here, 22 years, going on 23 years later, we've been doing it. And it's taken us all over the world, serving the poor, the nobodies, the untouchables. How could you not be humble? Right. When, you've seen, when you've seen people in terrible conditions in India, Africa, the Philippines, throughout the Caribbean, in Europe, and it molded us and shaped us to be the kind of servant leaders we are today and still trying to work on a career as well. But it grounded us so well that we couldn't be taken away with ourselves because we saw what is going on in the real world. And that changed us dramatically. We, we couldn't help but try to come and find the most authentic self we could pre present. Sure. Right. So I owe my life and sanity to Hosea Helps. It kept me from being out there. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Business offer you so many opportunities to be in <laughs> so much stuff that's bad for you. It feels good at the time. You know, the pleasures, the, the women, the money, the fame, all the stuff it can do. But it can also uh, take your soul in the process, and you don't even know you've given your soul up for it. All you know is you're enjoying all the trappings, all the stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm so thankful that that opportunity came to me and my wife. It has balanced our lives off. We mm -hmm. couldn't be who we are today without it, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. That's awesome. Yeah, I may not be the biggest star. Everybody know my name and all that stuff. But I've been blessed enough to do, to be a part of classic movies. Sure. Which is what, it was the answer to prayer. As people used to ask me, would you rather do 50 movies, make a lot of money, but 10, 20 years later, most people couldn't remember, or do five or 12 movies that people will talk about 100 years from now. I'll take the latter. I want mm -hmm. the classic sure. to be a part of all of that because that is the legacy that people are going to remember out of all the stuff you did. There's only going to be a handful of things that, that last the, the test of time. Yeah, And I've been fortunate enough to be a part of some of that. And I'm so, and get to serve the poor, the people too. Come on, I got the best of both worlds. Absolutely. You know, one of my, uh, one of my former employees told me, he said, he said, you know, we can go out there and we can work. I used to be in, in uh, architectural sales. And he said, you know, we can go out there, we could win every job and we could, you know, but we're going to burn ourselves out at the end of the day. He says, or we can do uh, just a smaller handful of jobs do a good job and when we go home at night we can put our head to rest knowing that we gave it everything that we could and we did what was best for us in our community and you know so i i kind of feel the similar you know a little bit there with with what you're trying to say is that at night it sounds like you got to go home and, and rest your head quietly and comfortably you know there's nothing like a uh, a night of sleep that you get from having a clean conscience knowing that you're doing everything that you can that you're doing the right thing and you're doing the good things uh, in life instead of getting caught up in, in all this other stuff that the world can throw at you. Sounds like you've been pretty well grounded throughout your life because of being not only who you are, but being involved with Hosea Helps and, and other projects. So, And look, when you stand on the shoulders of people like Hosea Williams, my, my, my <clears throat> iconic uh, father-in-law and, and Dr. King and Andrew Young, and you, you walk very carefully because you never want to bring shame or disgrace to what they built. Sure. Mm -hmm. Had they not walked that road, I surely wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So I yeah. owe it to them to mm -hmm. bring my best 
with dignity and respect and not bring disgrace or shame to them in any shape or form. This is a civil rights town I live in. The history is so deep everywhere you look. Right. And my wife was raised in that, had gone to jail with her dad and protesting and been beaten. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's hard not to bring that as a part of what you will always be. Mm-hmm. A part of the struggle, freedom's path. So yeah. it only makes sense that this would come in line with what our history has been. We we totally. couldn't have made this stuff up, no, but it all time. comes together. The synchronicity of it, yeah. The background of that leading to freedom's path. It it was a no brainer. Yeah, that you 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 try your best to live that out. So when the opportunity yeah. presents itself, it's like, this is what was calling me all along. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I've been so blessed to start doing, let's see, what was the first, I'm trying to think of the first um, kind of true story. Uh, I think it was called The Lady and the Lynching. It was the story about Ida B. Wells. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't know anything about her, she fought against lynching mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. the turn of the century, a powerful, famous black woman. I got to do that uh, project, which was a PBS project way back in the day. We're talking about in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I played the character that inspired her because she saw me being strung up and lynched, the guy named Frog James, who had only been trying to stand up for what was right and end up getting, you know, horribly dealt with. And this changed her whole life, and she spent her whole life fighting against that. And then I did the Scottsboro, the Scottsboro boys. Those young, precious boys accused by the white girl of, you know, raping her, which later she recanted, but they had spent years in jail as a result of that. Mm -hmm. So all these type projects would start coming up, presenting themselves to me. Almost mm-hmm. like the ancestors are speaking and saying, I want you to do these kind of projects as well. So I've always been tied in to how real this history is. It, it, right. If you look at all some of the things I've done, you'll see it. Wow. He's he's telling, yeah. I I couldn't have tried to write that out. I couldn't have tried to make that happen. It was an unfolding in a very organic way that the universe was giving me. Mm -hmm. I received it wholeheartedly. If this is how I'm to be used, use me like this. Yeah. I surrendered to it. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So you certainly have a lot of things that are definitely close to your heart, but was there a project that is a little less known that is also close to your heart that you would wish had gotten a little more love? Yes. It was a project I did um, about 30 years ago. And uh, we did it, but nobody wanted to touch it. So we did what Oscar Michaud people like that, the old black filmmakers, they had to take it city by city themselves mm-hmm. to art houses, to whoever would let them show it. So that's what we end up doing with this particular project that was very close to my heart. It was It's called S-A-N-K-O-F-A, Sankofa. And, but here's how funny life works. 30 years later, Ava DuVernay, who's a powerhouse in the film business now, as you all know, she saw it and made a deal with Netflix and say, this is an important film. I want you guys to re-release this. So here, almost 30 years later, Netflix re-released Sankofa to an audience that never even knew about it or had the opportunity to see where it was coming from. Once again, the whole ancestor thing. 
I don't know how you guys look at all of that, but to me, it's all very real and very. It can mm-hmm. become very personal. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And this story is about the transformation of 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 a young woman who had been so disconnected from her her heritage that she was lost in the world. Uh-huh. And the ancestors grabbed hold to her and took her on a journey to show her the pain and sorrow and the struggle it took for them to get her to where she is today, surely not to be lost the way she was. And she went through the transformation and end up finding her place again in life. I love stories like that. Mm -hmm. The transformational power of what we do. So, Never, never write something off because you never know how it all plays back. Who sure. would have thought that would have happened? Right. I'm like, wow, how great it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> when you experience these things over and over, you don't have to be convinced. You know there's something at work in all of this. Some people say God, some people say the universe, some people say higher power, however they deal with it all. The bottom line is that it is what it is. And Mm -hmm. it is real as you and I here sitting talking to each other. Mm -hmm. So that's a great story that uh, shows you Mm -hmm. how I want to walk this out in faith. And not to uh, sweat the little stuff, you know what I mean? I'm not sweating that. Oh, come on. Right, right. Let life teach me and let life play it out. Then I know it's going to work out in my favor. There you go. Yeah. And here's Freedom Path. You there know, you a wonderful film that just the night we took everybody, man, people were crying, young and old. It didn't matter. Um, because it reaches inside, it reaches deep inside you to, to help you remember that we're all a part of this struggle for, for on freedom's path. It's not something that just happened there and over there. It's, it's what's going on in your life, my life, her life right now. Mm-hmm. We're trying to find our freedom's path out sure. of the lies you've been told. It, it's a sobering thing to wake up one day and realize that a lot of your life has been one big lie. I don't know if that's happened to you guys, but I know it's happened to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the deconstruction of your life, you know, by these events, and you have to go back and examine everything. It can be so crushing and devastating, but necessary for your transformation. And that's the path I've been on which is what I call the real freedom's path. Going back and stripping away all the lies that you built your life on or that you were told from a kid by mom and dad and sister and brother and teacher and preacher and whoever. And you made it your own story, but it wasn't your story. It was kind of imposed upon you so you could get along in society, so you could make it. Through. You guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. And that's been the search for me. And even the work I've done in film, TV, and theater, all has been a part of helping me really search my soul out in the deepest way. I owe so much to the theater, mm-hmm. to the film and television. These characters have taught me some things about myself I wouldn't have learned any other way. No yeah. way I could have. Right. That's why we go sit in the dark. We go sit in the dark because we know we're going to experience something. <laughs> we know it. Yeah. We like little kids and we want to go sit in the dark and watch that. Yeah. Because it's us watching a part of ourselves up there. And something's going to happen from that. We know it. We're not quite sure what, but we know something's going to happen. And that's how I feel whenever I still go in the movies and sit in that dark like a little kid. Even though <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely. 70, even though I'm 72. I'm that yeah. little kid with the popcorn, you know, because something's going to happen. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys know it, don't you? Right? Oh, don't absolutely. You oh, absolutely. Happening here tonight. I don't know. <laughs> and and it's fun too, is that that experience can be anything from that first chord of the Star Wars theme song, or when the Marvel logo goes up on the screen, and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. Oh, it's the best. Absolutely. Or even just like the the THX like sound. The yeah. Yeah. Fills the room. Gets it's exciting. Gets you ready to sit there and watch the movie. Popcorn in hand, Coke in hand. Oh. Let's do this. So look, in our lifetime, all of that might change. Oh, I, hope I don't not. want it. I don't want it to, but I'm not sure what's going to happen in that theater experience with what's going on with the technology, cable, streaming. It, oh, it worries man. me. I hope it doesn't go away. It concerns me too. Because we need that experience. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's who we are. That's a part of who we are. And you have so anything from never the, goes away. You have anything from the excitement and the the joy of movies when like I mean, I've got a four-year-old daughter. You go and take her to we took her to sing too when it came out in theaters. And that's a fantastic experience, taking a little kid to the movies. And then most recently, <laughs> my husband and I went and saw Wakanda Forever together and sobbed <laughs> through the whole movie and it's like oh, those are man. two vastly different experiences but they are yeah. so much of the human experience yeah yeah now you're talking steve see That's we miss out we, we yeah. miss out on those things and, and collectively i mean it's one thing when you view them at home and you can have a reaction but i also think about going to other movies where you know even like so to go back to another superhero movie but the reaction of in and avengers when Captain America gets Thor's hammer and hearing the whole crowd erupt when Black Panther comes back through the portal and and you see, you know, uh, Chadwick Boseman standing there and just, man, oh, that 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 rush that you get from from seeing movies like that and big, you know, these big cinematic moments in history. Those will be lost forever if we're if we're all just sitting at home with Netflix and a bowl of popcorn. It's a completely different feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't care how good your TV is. I don't care how good your theater room is. Well, if it's just that screen is you got. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a whole different thing. It's just you know, it's just you and and you know a couple other people. It's not right. the same. It's not the same. So yeah. that's something to keep an eye on because we don't know what the evolution of that really is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about it. I think about it a lot because uh, I've seen the business change uh, the 40 plus years <clears throat> I've been in. And I've seen oh, sure. all the different. I'm like, oh, wow. What is my place in all of this now? Oh, I'm sure the actors are act- asking that question. What is my place in all of this now? Yeah. So I have to search out a new path for myself now because it's all changed. I bet. Absolutely. All right, Afemo, we're at a spot in our show where we had to do one of two things with our guests. We've gotten to this point. We've, we've, you've gotten it through all the questions. You've survived. All right? <laughs> so one of two things happens. We either take our guest through a quiz or we ask them one final, what we call the silly question. And so tonight, we're going to do a silly question. All right. all right? Not that we haven't already asked you a couple silly questions, but this is like the technical, technically the silly question. Uh, of the show okay as silly as it gets so you can answer this as serious or silly as you see fit here it is if you had to be shipwrecked on a deserted island but all your human needs you know your food clothing water shelter all those things were all taken care of they were there what two items would you need to still make sure we're with you a musical instrument that i didn't know how to play uh, could be a guitar or a flute, something like that. I would have okay. something like that. And the uh, the other thing uh, I would have to have would be um, some honey. Okay. Mm. Have to have the honey. There you go. I could make it with those two things. All right. I think I could hold on. Some All right. Honey. Honey from like bees or honey like <laughs> I'm pretty sure he means honey. I, I'm pretty sure he means honey from the bees. So uh, manuka. Gotta be specific. Gotta be the manuka. <laughs> New Zealand. I, I love the with the manuka now. They're medicinal. 
There you go. All right. yeah. And some kind of instrument that would help keep me sane in those long nights of where you're like, oh my, is, is this it for me? I think that would give me hope. I, no matter how bad I sounded, I could still find some connection to that little castaway place. There you go. I All right. Tom Hanks had a volleyball, so. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson! Oh, man. Uh, definitely. It's, that's a whole nother thing when you just said that. I have been blessed to have classic lines that people still shout out to me, you know? Mm -hmm. What's your oh, in this army go? You know, or don't make me take off my sunglasses. Bringing out the dead with Nick Cage. Don't make me take off my sunglasses because there's going to be some 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 whooped up in here, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Because you never know if that's going to work out like that. When you do these projects, you don't know if they're going to be a hit or a classic. Mm -hmm. You don't. It's, it's taking a, a, a shot in the dark. Sure. Even those who say, oh, we knew when we read this script, it was going to, no, I've seen many scripts that read good, but it didn't come out like that. Didn't transfer. So I've been blessed to um, work with mm -hmm. the Martin Scorsese's, the Bob Zemeckis's, you know, David Nutter, and just, just wonderful, wonderful people. John Landis, uh, who uh, they taught you along the way. And that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. You let these masters tell you and teach you the little nuggets that they can give you if they mm -hmm. choose you or not. But if you got the wrong attitude, man, nobody wants to fool with you. You know, absolutely. You know, you know it all already. So what do you want from me? No, no, no. I've seen people blow opportunity. I'll tell you a magic moment for me too is when my mom took me to first see Dr. Shivago. Mm. I was so blown away with that. I was like, wow, this is movie making. I was just a young kid, but the scope of it and the whole, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Dr. Chivago will always be one of my all-time <laughs> favorites because it hits every spot mm -hmm. in what you know could be the human experience. Oh man, yeah. Oh my, sorry, go on. With <laughs> that was a bad dude, y'all. <laughs> Women couldn't get enough of this guy. He was <laughs> the young crew don't know about people like that now. They they think it's all about them. Nah, you got to go back and see these guys at mm -hmm. their best, and you realize, like, oh yeah. I got a ways to go. You sure do. Mm -hmm. Look at these guys at their best in their prime. See, yeah. I had the blessing to study these guys. I could see them. I could study them, watch their work. So I, I know I wasn't going to get carried away with myself because I always could look and see, wow, this is real stardom. This is how the real stars do yeah. it. Yeah. Right. I I've like seen these young guys. Don't get me wrong. I ain't trying sure. to throw shade. Sure. I'm trying to throw shade. I like some of these young guys. Mm -hmm. They can always learn by going back and look at some of these masters. Study the, the masters. The men of those days, they, oh, yeah. knew, they knew their stuff. You can only get better by going and look at their stuff and learn and read about them. I saw a sign once that said, you may be cool, but are you Sidney Poitier cool? True. And my, my firm answer to that was, no, no, I am not. I got a ways to go for that one. The closest I can get it, they call me Mr. Tibbs. You got to get that cool, man. That, see, that's the essence of what you just said. That's it, man. I always uh, admire that and say, yeah, that's what it's about. Absolutely. 48 cool, you know. Oh, man. Yeah. So I've been blessed. Like I said, I got to play his father, believe it or not. This is how whack our business is. The Simple Life of Noah Dearborn. It was a Hallmark uh, production. And in the flashback, I'm his father and he's about 
12, 13. I'm teaching him different things because he he becomes a, a, a great builder and uh, he knows how to build a mason, all of these skills. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm, I'm passing away and I'm like, I want to pass this on to you. You know, here it is. Take it. And he's watching me slowly uh, succumb to this this medical uh, situation. And then in, in, it flashes back and he's sitting in his chair, the real Sydney at, at the time he is in the, in, in the uh, project and he comes back, but he's flashing back to that. And I thought that was so cool. I get to play his father. <laughs> I'm like, how cool is that, man? Yeah. I never forgot that too. That's one of my favorite things looking back at that. And That's he was very so cool. kind to me, so nice. I got to meet my idol, this guy. And he Excellent. didn't disappoint me. Like uh, some of the people I've looked up to in the business, when I finally got to work with them, I was so disappointed because they were complete buttholes. Oh, yeah. Disrespectful, mean-spirited, just disgusting. But because they were the stars, people let them get away with a lot of stuff. Right. I, yeah. had no tolerance. I had no tolerance for that. Right. Trust me. And they didn't try to test me either. Big black man that they wasn't sure of. They, they were always, you know, like, <laughs> let's, let's let this guy be because we don't know where he'll come from on this. There you go. I, I wouldn't but, test it. Mm -mm. That's the other <laughs> part of our business that it doesn't have to be. I never respected that. Because it didn't have to be. You don't have to talk down to people, mistreat people, and throw things at people because you're having a star tantrum. Please grow up. Some of these people, it's best you don't <laughs> best you don't know them because you might be disappointed when you really find out how they can be. Mm -hmm. I just have to share that with you. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, it's good. Appreciate it. After 40 plus years, you've worked with all the good, the bad, and the ugly, ugly. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they, you've seen it all. They do tell you you should never meet your mm -hmm. idols. And that, I, I think that that's yeah, exactly I, why. I understand that now. <laughs> I do. But here's the sad part. It doesn't have to be like that, it though. It doesn't. Well, too many times they buy into their own whatever around them they're you know whatever the aura that people put around them they start taking that in and making it the you know part of their their ego their personality and they true you know true true and they yeah. start acting it out like uh i have a right entitled to be like this to do this yeah and your job is to just take it and accept it because i am the star after all and right. yeah, and oh, far too man. frequently it is the they've been getting away with it people allow them to get away with it so then they continue doing it Exactly. You you've heard all the stories that came out of things they they should have been stopped doing a while back. I but, have a right. four year old. It's really head. not that much different. And people turn their heads because they were making the money or whatever it was, mm -hmm. and they turned a blind eye. And they're responsible too for a lot of this foolishness in our business, man. Oh sure, but I do not like it. Trust if me. If people started treating them like the four year olds they were acting like, things would be different. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a timeout, and you get a timeout, and you right? get a timeout. Go think about <laughs> exactly. what you just said. Exactly, man. Would you want somebody so to I, talk to you that way? Yes. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I always used to tell them, you're going to get the right person <clears throat> one day, my friend. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be pleasant because they're not going to care about your money, your stardom, none of that stuff. Nope. They're going to rip into you like that. You don't want to believe. I would tell them, <laughs> don't, don't go that path. Soon it will happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, Afemo, thank you so much for being on our show today. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you and some of your works? They can go to A Omilami at the number four, Hosea.org. That's A-O-M-I-L-A-M-I -M -I at the number four, H-O-S-E-A dot org. Because this is work that goes on all year round that my wife and I 
we wouldn't want to be doing anything else, especially when COVID hit. We never missed a beat. We were out there feeding people under the awesome. bridges, you know, in the shelters. Our staff put themselves at risk because it, it becomes a lifestyle. It becomes what you become that. Mm-hmm. See, that's the, that's the difference. You become the message. You become what that work is. You start doing it so long, it, it's what you become, is what you are. Right. And You're no longer living to serve. You're serving to live. That's it. And one of, the, one of the greatest things Dr. King said in one of his speeches, a lot of people don't quote, at the end of it, he said, life's most persistent question is, what are you doing for others? Oh, man, the day I ran across that part in his speech many years ago, I put it on my office door, and it constantly reminds me, that is the question I have to answer one day. What am I doing? So I love when I see a lot of these stars and celebrities giving back and doing great things with their money and time. Yeah. Because it's the right thing for you to do. Look what you've been given, money, fame, a platform. Why wouldn't you use that to do good in the world? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Shame on those who don't want to do anything to help anybody. I don't get that at all. Mm-hmm. So Hosea helps Hosea feed the hungry is a work that's born out of the civil rights movement. I'm, I'm sure Dr. King will be proud of what we are doing. I think After so. All, he Definitely. gave his life for sanitation workers to get a better deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I so, think he would be as well. I think he would be pleased. And that means a lot to me to know mm-hmm. that my elders, my, my ancestors, those who came before me worked so hard that we could have the voting rights and all the things we have. And to know we're helping our community grow stronger by serving. Yeah, that is it for me, man. Movies of love. I'm glad to have the opportunity to do it, but it's not my life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. End of this. I want them to say, "Hey, Famo, he was out there trying to help somebody, man." That means more to me than me getting the Oscar and Golden Globe, all of that. Yeah, all of that's good. Those are just trophies that are going to sit on the shelf and collect dust. What you're doing, what you're doing with Hosea Helps is so much bigger and is going to live on so much longer than any of those awards would ever do. And so we are definitely going to link that website so that people can go and see what you're doing so that they can get involved in it too. Yeah, absolutely. do that because they give me so much more than I could ever give them, the people I serve. That's the whole part people don't understand. They give me more than I could ever give them. And I'm forever grateful and thankful to the precious souls I get to serve. Mm -hmm. They are such a blessing to me. So guys, you have blessed me by letting me just free flow with things I normally don't don't get to get into, you know? It poured out of me in such an organic way. I knew it was right. And it was fun. And uh, I enjoy sharing that part of me that I normally keep like, you know, keep that under wraps or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, we, we, we find here on our show that it's, uh, you know, to use the, the Shrek analogy that uh, you're not an ogre, but you do have layers. And so it's good to see, you know, <laughs> oh. it's good to see the layers of the people that we Wait, talk to. And We're going with that one instead of the better out than in. Right now, yes. Right now, yes, yes. We're gonna go with layers. A famo has layers, and it's nice to see all the layers at play. Man, so, you're talking, guys. So, uh, guys, we also want freedom path. Yes, absolutely. Please we go will. out, everybody. Help get yeah. that word out. They need it. They didn't have the big marketing budget, but they we'll are sure worthy to... of it. They're worthy of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we'll make sure to put some uh, the, the trailer links and some information about Freedom's Path in, in our show notes down below as well. Everybody will be able to check that out and, and see that as well. Uh, and two guys, we want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing you can do to make sure that we get more amazing guests like Afemo here so we can have these great conversations and funny moments for you to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It helps us more than you will ever know. And please go check out Hosea Helps and his new movie, 
Freedom's Path. Both of these are amazing projects. Uh, Hosea Helps, is, as he indicated, is helping people and feeding the needy who really, well, you know, that's our job. We have to take care of those who are less fortunate. So please go check out both of those, see what you can do to help. And if for whatever reason you are not happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is the drill sergeant from Forrest Gump. Now, the problem is that the drill sergeant has zero issues with telling us where we screwed up. And we're all fragile and emotionally scarred podcasters, so keep that in mind. And also, send your complainant uh, form in triplicate. You know how the government loves extra paperwork and redundancies. We're just saying. However, just know that when the drill sergeant comes for us, and he will come for us, it's going to happen. We gave him a couple opportunities this show alone. But... We will have the cleanest studio in podcasting history because nothing is going to teach us humility like cleaning our podcasting studio or bedroom with a toothbrush and promising the drill sergeant that we will do whatever you tell me to do, drill sergeant. <laughs> oh, Sam, uh, thank you so much for this. This was wonderful. Oh, wow. Thank yeah, you, truly. I, I needed that, that, that really brought joy to my soul thank you all for that thank you we really enjoyed uh having you and thank you so much for your time tonight yes brett i'm glad you're going to be with brett smith yeah he's a wonderful person and you guys are going to have a wonderful experience tomorrow so you're going to tomorrow to see it right and not to see the movie but to talk with brett but i'm going to try and go see the movie see the movie as Very, soon as I can. I, I got to look it up, see where it is, where the closest cinema is to me that has it. But I'm going to look it up. Come on, you got to do that now. <laughs> I will. I mean, I don't say things just to say it. I will do it. Okay. Definitely. Oh, you got to do that. You know, I know where you live. I know. Where <laughs> <laughs> the drill like, sergeant I'm... has his ways, okay? Uh, He's like, I've been online okay. with you long enough. I've done my research. <laughs> Y'all are screwed. So, uh... <laughs> all right, guys, that's going to finish us up for the FSF podcast. Until next time, goodbye. Bye. Ciao. Copyright 2023 FSF podcast. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by FSF Podcast. The views expressed by the guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at info at fsfpodcast.com. Original music by Jordan Michaels.